God tonight? Do you believe you serve a good God tonight? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. They used to do something when I was a teenager at youth camps and youth rallies and such. Somebody would get up and they would grab a microphone and they say, God is good. And the crowd would reply, all the time. Then the person would say, all the time. And the crowd would say, I said, God is good. And all the time, God is good. And all the time, hallelujah, do you believe it tonight? Do you believe we serve a good God this evening? Oh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He is a good God. He is a good God. Praise the Lord. He's, he's good even when things through our mind's perception don't look like they're in our favor. He's a good God. Hallelujah. He is a good God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Very quickly, would you go with me to the book of Exodus chapter 14? I feel a leading of the Holy Spirit to preach a continuation that pastor started on Sunday that we are together, we are stronger. Together, we are stronger. And I feel a leading just to exhort to you for a few moments tonight. And this evening, closing, what we're going to do it was mentioned last week, we had the three, me, pastor, and first lady had a little conversation after services. We're going to have a, we're going to have a physical distancing altar call tonight, and we're going to have a time of prayer, but before we get into the word of God, I believe our church needs to rejoice a little bit, because we'll rejoice when we actually get to see this child, but I believe we need to rejoice because another miracle baby has been born at the Rodney Pike Church of God. And I think we need to rejoice a little bit tonight over his goodness and over his miracles. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Open our eyes, Lord. Let us see that you are working and that you are good. Let us see tonight, God, that you are a good God, you are a holy God, and you are good to your people. Let us be aware of your goodness, O oh God. Hallelujah. In everything we give you thanks, Lord. In everything we give you thanks. Can we take a moment and don't ask him for a thing? Can you just rejoice tonight? Can you lift up your hands and praise the Lord? Can, please don't ask him for a thing for a few moments and just glorify him and magnify him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We magnify you, God. We magnify you tonight, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are a miracle worker. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. You are working even right now, God. You are working and speaking to your people. And we rejoice in you tonight, God. We rejoice in you tonight, God. Speak to us. Use us, God. Oh, Lord, we glorify you and praise you and magnify you. Hallelujah. 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 I think we need revelation of the goodness of God. We need revelation of the goodness of God. 
We need revelation of the goodness of God and sing of his goodness and testify of how good he's been to us. Do you still have a roof over your head? Do you still have a, did you have dinner before you came to church tonight? Are you going to have maybe second dinner when you go home tonight? Oh, hallelujah. Did you drive to church in a car? Did you have gas in that car to get here? Hallelujah. Let's not be blinded by one or two things, but let's realize the whole picture of who God is because even in this hour, he is still great and he is still to be greatly praised by his people. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Has he ever healed anybody's body? Oh, has he ever been your healer? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just feel prompted of the Holy Spirit to share something that's happened with my wife and I. No. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. You can tell uh, I, I, we're not real vocal because we did not go on this for the uh, imagery's sake, but we have been on a little bit of a journey the past year or so. And uh, the Lord had to set some people free from alcohol and drugs, but he had to set me free from ice cream. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And I tell you, we have been on somewhat of a journey, and it started with about a year ago. How many remember maybe the fact that I was alone at party at the Pike last year, if you remember that? I was alone. I had been up till about 3 o'clock that morning. We had to make a trip to uh, Chillicothe to get Elizabeth to an emergency room. She had been having stomach issues that turned out to be gastritis. Well, when you're 30 in your mid-30s and you have to follow up with a doctor, how many know one thing leads to another with a doctor that it starts with a doctor's visit, then it goes to a test, and it goes to blood work, and then it goes to this, and they want to find out your family history. And Elizabeth had shared some of her family history, and the doctor had wanted to do blood work, and the blood work had came back, and the doctor had given her a diabetes diagnosis. And we had prayed and we had believed God and we said, okay, we're going we're gonna to attack this with a change of lifestyle. I've got great news to report that my wife is not even pre-diabetic right now by the hand, the healing grace of God. Let there be testimonies go forth in this season of the goodness and the grace of God. Can I encourage you, don't get in political arguments on Facebook. You sing of the goodness of God. Because guess what? Politics are only going to tick you off. They're only going to make you mad. They're only going to irritate you. They do. They irritate us. But when you think of the goodness of God and what he's done for you, as that old song says, when I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness and how he set me free, I could dance, 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 dance all night. Hallelujah. Praise God. This is a season where the church has an opportunity. Though the world is in a season, in a valley season, the church has an opportunity to declare of the goodness of God and declare how powerful he is and how he is a valley raiser. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise God. If you would go with me tonight to the book of Exodus chapter 14 very quickly, common account in scripture. 
I'm going to read the first, I believe, four verses of Scripture in that passage. And then we're going to go on a little bit. Very common account in Scripture. We're going to go to some other places in the Word of God tonight. I appreciate the opportunity to get to speak. I've been envious of those preaching the Wednesday Adventure Series. This, the preaching has been awesome, and I'm very humbled to be standing here tonight. Amen. Exodus chapter 14, beginning at verse 1, it says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before pi Heroth between Migdal and the sea. Somebody say, in the sea. And the sea, opposite Baal Zephron. I want to read that verse 2 again. Speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pi Heroth between Migdal and the sea, opposite Baal Zephron. You shall camp before it by the sea. Somebody say, by the sea again. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. Then I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them, and I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord and they did so verse 5 now I was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled that the people had fled and the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people and they said why have we done this that we have let Israel go from serving us so he made ready his chariot and took his people with him also, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with boldness. So the Egyptians pursued them and all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh, his horsemen and his army and overtook them camping by the sea somebody say by the sea, by the sea. beside pay Hiroth before Baal Zephron and when Pharaoh drew near the children of Israel lifted their eyes and behold the Egyptians marched after them so they were very afraid and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt so with us to bring us up out of Egypt? Father, I ask you to touch me tonight as I deliver your word and exhort to this body. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Anybody in the room want to be, this is Wednesday night, you know what we do on Wednesday night, we're a little more transparent, we're a little more transparent, a little more relaxed, chill, you know. Anybody want to be transparent and say you kind of battle with a claustrophobia? 
and about to battle with that, deal with that a little bit. You don't like enclosed spaces whatsoever. I have not ridden on a plane very many times in my life. But if there's ever a time where I have been able to read the mind of somebody, it was while I was walking on a plane going down the middle aisle. I could read. Has anybody ever ridden on a plane? What can you tell me about the seats? They're little. You get up close and comfortable very quickly with the person sitting next to you. And if I've ever been able to read a mind, it was when I was walking down the aisle of a plane. And all of a sudden, everybody got godly. Because here comes this six and a half foot, 300 plus pound man walking down the aisle. And you can hear them praying, Jesus, don't let him be the one who sits next to me. Oh, Jesus, don't let him be the one who sits next to me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And you, you want to sit next to him and say something like, how you doing? I come from a family of huggers. How about you? Or you want to sit next to him and say, I've got good news. The doctor says the rash isn't contagious anymore. Hallelujah. You want to say a little something like that. They don't want to sit next to Fatty because throughout this whole trip, they are going to be causing a fire between my hip and their hip is going to get a lot of friction sitting in those seats. And they're going to feel smothered and unable to breathe and unable to function and feeling as if there is no absolute way out of the situation. The Holy Spirit has brought to my attention the last few days that in the midst of, and can I tell you something? Preachers in the house, have you ever gone before God and said, please, Lord, don't make me preach about that? I didn't want to preach about the pandemic tonight, okay? I wanted to leave it alone, you know, just kind of leave it alone, become like that one we do not speak of. But no, the Holy Spirit has changed my mind completely and totally. The Holy Spirit has brought into my spirit that the church is in a season and time where some are feeling defeated because they feel like they are smothered and they have nowhere to go. The church feels as if they're in a season of being stuck and stagnant and unable to move and unable to flow freely and unable to breathe. I was thinking to myself here at Rodney Pike, it's hard to think. We haven't had a children's class since before Easter. We haven't had youth group since before Easter. We haven't. I looked down at my keys today. I looked down at my keys today. Stephen, I saw my brown key van. I was thinking, I haven't had to drive this in a whole long time. It's breaking my heart. It seems as if uh, there is this place to where we are at a total standstill. And now some even, I hear the vernacular, I hear the vernacular and vocabulary change because they are in this season of feeling like there is no way out. And there is no possible way they can be out. But here's the thing. It leads back to the fact that we are in need of our Christian fellowship with brothers and sisters. 
We are at a time where we are at a season where we are at a need. We're at a need to gather and assemble with our brothers and sisters of the faith. We are we understand if you have if you're concerned about the pandemic, everybody is right. But in some situations, if I could encourage you in any way, shape, or form, find a way to have fellowship with the brethren. Because it was God's plan and intention not for the body of Christ to operate on an individual's accord, but to have close, intimate fellowship with the brethren. You read one of the earliest accounts of the church was that they broke bread and that they had fellowship together in one another's homes. The church was intended to function not as individuals, but to function as a body. And see, what happens is this. There is a season and there is a time where we will, we will manifest the fact that we must bear one another's burdens. We must hold one another up. We must support one another. We must love one another. But after we bear the burdens, there will be a time where we will get to celebrate and bind together in praise. There will be a season where all this will be behind us and we will march forward and declare and sing, the Lord has brought us out. So the children of Israel had just been set free. Bondage, centuries, generations had been affected by this bondage. And here they are. Here they are in this place. And they feel like they're under siege. They feel like they're in captivity again. And in fact, the delivered people begin to say, well, I guess since they didn't have enough holes to put us in, they're in Egypt. So we're just going to die out here in the wilderness. But in the midst of all this, have you ever read a common account in scripture where you kind of break, where, where, where all of a sudden you read it in scripture and you're like, whoa, this is kind of far off. This is kind of far, a little bit off from where I culturally learned it in Sunday school and how I learned it in Sunday school. See, the Red Sea was a story of victory, but it was also the plan of God. The Red Sea was a story where God delivered his people and it brought him out, but it was also part of his plan because the Lord spoke to Moses in several accounts. He says, I want you to camp by the sea. I want you to go by the sea. I want you to camp by the sea. I want you to cook food by the sea. I want the people to see the sea. I want the people to drink in the sea. I want them to get their tans and kind of have their cookouts all by the sea and I want them to see the sea because the hour is coming you have seen the sea but soon you're going to see the sea divide the binding together as a group of people declaring that you've brought us out here to die there will be the seasons where we will cry together. Rodney Pike Church of God has cried together. 
They have cried together. There are people that we have had their funerals. You could not have told me that just after 20 years we would have seen them go on to glory. There has been tragedy strike. Families within this church. And now, another kind of light bulb moment with the account of the Red Sea was that we watched the Charlton Heston rendition or me and Narissa used to watch that with Pastor and he used to say that's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. That's that's not in the Bible. Oh, y'all tell me right now, you've read the Bible and you could swear Moses had a voice like this. Amen. Let my people go. Let me keep my guns. <laughs> the stoic deep voice and culturally we'll pray about the Red Sea and we'll, we'll preach about the Red Sea and we this concept where Moses stretches out his hands and the sea begins to part what a miracle but scripture brings a different light because the Lord told Moses he said why do you cry out to me? Tell my people to advance. Tell the children of Israel it's time to advance. The Lord would have somebody know tonight uh, it's not a time to cry out to him and lament to him. It's time to advance. It's time to break through and go into the, into the supernatural experience and really begin to see him work. Because at the beginning, you know why I believe God said this? Because he told Moses the plan at the beginning of Exodus chapter 14. He says, I will harden the heart of Pharaoh. They will, but guess what? It's all part of my plan. Why? Because I'm setting it up for the children of Israel's God to get glory. You're looking at a nation who has many gods. You're looking at a nation who thinks they're far above any other government. You're looking at a nation who thinks they're indestructible. You're looking at a nation who thinks they are all powerful. Go ahead, children of Israel. Camp by the sea. Let Egypt try to smother you by the sea because an hour is coming where I'm going to show them they're not supreme rulers. Not because a man is king. He is not God. I am God. There's getting ready. Let me tell you something. There's getting ready to be an hour where the church is going to realize that he is God. And not only the church, but the world is going to realize he is God. I said the world has thought they're going to, they're going to smother the church and steal the church and take this from the church and take that from the church. But the hour is coming where God's going to reveal himself supernaturally. Things are going to move and change that are not supposed to move that are not supposed to change. The church at a season where they're supposed to die are going to advance. Hallelujah. 
This is an hour of advancement. This is a time of binding together because the church, the body of Christ, is at a time and in a season of advancement. Hallelujah. 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 Because the other side is coming. The other side is coming. <laughs> and you know what he's going to do? The path to the other side is going to be dry. Nothing's going to stand in the way. Nothing's going to stop. See, mud would have slowed the process down, but God says, no, <laughs> I'm going to speed up the process. I'm going to divide the water so you can walk through, but the ground that you walk on is going to be touched and is going to be blessed. See, <laughs> oh my goodness, everything around me, he's going to pour out his blessings. Everywhere that I go, he's going to bless. Everything that I touch, he's going to bless everywhere that I go see the my God my God I don't want to go there but I might have to because we're at a season where they want to say you can't touch you can't touch you can't touch but the Lord says wherever you do touch is going to be blessed wherever you do go it is going to be blessed wherever you go I'm going to make a way where there seemeth to be no other way Wake up, church. This is an hour where we will advance. Oh, hallelujah. Can you stop for a moment? Just give him some praise. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, won't you stand to your feet with me, saints? Why don't you stand to your feet with me, saints of God? Why don't you just stand to your feet with me tonight? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are the body. We are the body. And it's important for us to function as the body. It is important for us to function as the body. And to be the body of Christ. You want to know something about the body? If pieces and parts leave the body, the body will survive because the head of that body is going to take care of it. But the pieces and parts that break away from the body will not survive. They can survive. They can live a little bit. But to thrive, you got to be connected. I was going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, but the Holy Spirit has taken this a different direction. I was going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, speaking that we are the body, and we have been joined, knit together, fitly, with, with a purpose and with a plan. I like the fact that you sit in those seats but we come together because the Lord's got a mission and he's got a plan he's got a word he's got a destiny if you read in the plan of God when it comes to ministry they all flow together 
intimately knit together. Isn't it something? How the body of Christ works. He'll take a no name and knit it together with someone with a great family name. He'll take the poor and knit them together with the rich. We were intended to flow and operate together because when we're together, we advance together. We march on together. We hold one another up together. I, I would like for us to have just a time of prayer tonight. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't really have a leading of the Holy Spirit for us to necessarily have any kind of a, uh, of a particular topic or emphasis of this call. I just wonder this evening, would anybody be willing to come and operate as that fit together body, crying out to God and believing together? If you're, if you're not comfortable with that, we understand.